Rocket Science Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Brian Mitchell. Uh, we've got a load of guests in the studio. Some new, some not so new. Something I'm not even going to do that either. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Brian. My name is Momo Sleiman. I am a newly qualified social worker with the Adults Learning Disability Team Bradford Council. Newly qualified social worker. Yeah. No longer a student. No. Newly qualified social <laughs> worker. Congratulations. Uh, I'm Elaine James, I'm um, a service manager for social work in Bradford and I'm a social worker. Hello, my name is Rumbidai Audrey Mashavare. I am a newly qualified social worker with, uh, with Bradford Council. Newly qualified social worker. Congrats, no longer a student. Not newly student. qualified social worker. It's lovely, isn't it? It's countdown it to graduation. <laughs> Congratulations. Graduation oh, and I'm registered... Yes. Unregistered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unregistered. Un- are, you, yeah. are you registered? Not yet. Don't get him started. Just leave it that You know when you get the choice between click the auto authenticate <laughs> or send a document in the post? I sent mm-hmm. a document. I didn't yeah. know we were still in the 80s. Don't, 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 don't do I thought we moved to the modern day. Don't, don't do that. I think they took That's my all document I'm back saying. to Nigeria. <laughs> Registration <laughs> will happen. <laughs> uh, do you want to introduce yourself? Yep. Um, Hams Madney, social worker in the community team for learning disabilities in Bradford. Welcome. This is your first podcast as well, isn't it? Second. Oh, I'll show up. I'll show up. <laughs> My God, how rubbish am I? Uh, hello. You're, so, in the last podcast, you were referred to as the cool one. I don't remember that. And I, yeah, you I were. Refer, that's a, a scandalous claim. That is, um, what is that? Libel? Like, no, no, slander. It's slander. slander. <laughs> it could be a bit of both, couldn't it? <laughs> so I'm I'm Jack Skinner. I'm a, an assistant service manager for a learning disability team in Bradford. Fantastic. And, and the theme for this po this podcast is we're celebrating Black History Month all over again. Yay! It doesn't feel like a year ago, does it? How's that happened? Well, I'm just kind of really proud of it because um, I had the, uh, apart from the first one, uh, first podcast we ever did, which was kind of why social work, which quite a few people seem quite keen to listen to that one. And the Black History Month podcast that we did is the most downloaded. Not, is it? God, that's amazing. Whoa, whoa, I've got my heart just skipped a beat there out of utter excitement. That's dead good. Um, so the theme is then our celebration of Black History Month. I, I was thinking one of the things that that's struck me today about social work education, go with me on this one, is uh, I was approached by a couple of international students um, today regarding they've been welcomed to the University of Bradford but are feeling really out of the depth in terms of Bradford, um, in terms of the region, in terms of the UK. Um, have we got anyone in the room that's got that as a lived experience at all? <laughs> Two years ago, I was there, down there. I came in during the lockdown, like I said, in the last Black History Month podcast. So 
basically, I know how they feel, and that has to do also with decolonizing our curriculum, understanding that international students are part of social work studies and practice now. So, at the end of the day, I think we have to first and foremost diversify our curriculum to welcome them in. Coming into a place and feeling not represented is a big psychological battle you're fighting. I was there, that's the psychology of a student coming in, passing a lot of orders and interviews, getting in and you're looking for a resemblance and everything looks different. Nobody understands your culture, your language, your accent, your tongue. So there are lots of feeling of, am I in the right place? Have I made the best decisions? Doubts creeping, yeah. anxiety. Yeah. And you find yourself second guessing every aspect of your existence. It happened to me. This is a lived experience. So I really understand what they are going through. But you see, with time, once you get start meeting good people in Bradford, because Bradford is filled with a lot of good people, especially in the university, I'll tell you that. You meet lecturers who are going to welcome you because they have gone out of their way to understand that there are different cultures that are represented in the community. So you start finding out, oh, this person is not from my background, but he or she understands what I have been through. I've also faced something like that from another place. Like, when you get in touch with programs around the community, like, I was lucky I had to join the gig bodies as a volunteer. So I found that these people were also looking for what I had to offer. So I, I'm not left alone. They want to also learn from me while I learn from them. So it gave me a bit of confidence in myself and that helped me with confidence. And the university did its bit and here I am today. So basically, what I would tell them is be calm. Take one step at a time. Make friends. Join activity groups. Join sports societies. Enjoy Bradford. It's a diversified society. You welcome to Bradford. Unbelievable. Honestly, right, whenever he speaks, I just want to cry. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because you, you, you sort of... I, I was saying to you earlier, weren't you, that you arrived and almost didn't arrive and then you just made Bradford yours somehow, didn't you? Everything in Bradford seems to have a Momo stamp on it, doesn't it, really? <laughs> Which is dead beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, it's... it's I mean, Momo... Mama the person, Mama the personality, and um, that's a really big part of it. But um, I, I take that, I take a challenge in what you were saying, which is around um, you touch on kind of de decolonising the curriculum. That's the how genuinely receptive and diverse is our understanding of social work, and behind that understanding of knowledge and what we we think you know if we think everything is about a written assignment which a social work course is social many of them are kind of measured in that way then how well are you respecting and recognizing diversity of experience diversity of knowledge diversity of culture in how you express learned learning and insight and understanding and measure and evaluate that through a, a social work education program which ultimately requires assessment so it, it there's some real challenge i think that you bring to our thinking about what what a curriculum is and how you understand it mm, absolutely couldn't agree more mm. that, the idea that the surely the the curriculum should be a a shared thing 
it shouldn't be an imposed... I don't think it should be an imposed thing. Yeah, 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 there's some stuff that, that you have to evidence, but that doesn't mean to say the curriculum has to be like this or the assessment of any task has to be like this. There's also some learning there for employers. So, you know, Bradford Council, it's, it's almost overwhelming when you start and you come from a different um, background, perhaps, where... Um, you don't have exposure to different sort of faiths, cultures, you know, a, a diverse landscape that we have in Bradford. And I think there's a lot to take on board really quickly about, you know, how, how much you need to adapt and change and make sure that you're capable of sort of performing and sort of and and how you um, go out there as a, as a social worker, do your assessment. How do you do that? And whose voice are you representing when you sort of write things in that assessment? Is it is it your experience or are you trying to adapt or learn about different cultures and, and sort of things so that it's their voice that's coming through? So that I think that's something I sort of learned really quickly when I come, came to Bradford, hopefully. But still sort of you can never know everything. You kind of that's the that's the, the sort of takeaway reflection I had is that sometimes it's okay to 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 not know everything. It's I mean in many respects you can't know everything. But what do you do with that at that point where you think actually I've never come across this before? What do you do there? Do you go away and reflect? Do you learn a bit about it and come back a bit more prepared next time? Because there's something in there, isn't there, about communicating. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and and just to follow on from what you've said, Jack, I think the most important thing that I've learned is if you don't know, we are so fortunate in our office. We've got such a diverse team that you can just go and ask someone, and asking someone and getting a bit more of an insight can mean that you can then better build a relationship up with someone, and it kind of takes away all that worry and anxiety that you have. You don't you want to offend someone. You don't want to start off on the on a, on a bad foot so you start over complicating things but sometimes you just it's just ask someone and it's as simple as asking someone okay in, in I've, I've come across this situation and I don't know what to think about can you just give us a bit of an insight and the amount of times I've done that with Momo in the office my, my previous student Florence and the amount of times that I've just hop over to other people on that don't even work in our team but around the office and you just have a casual chat with them and you can learn so much and we are very very fortunate in in the council where we are diverse and i'm back at the university and i, and I love how diverse it's got as well like just walking around campus and seeing so many people from different backgrounds and all the flags in su and it's, it's just wonderful to see that yeah yeah dead lovely um right let's have a quick break on that point because you were chatting, and I did say to you, I'll come to you first yes. for the tune, just so you don't get to get this one. <laughs> this tune is now... Um, so go on, tell yep, us your so tune. The song is uh, Where Is The Love by Black Eyed Peas. Only generates hate And when you hate Then you're bound to get irate Yeah 
badness is what you demonstrate And that's exactly how anger works and operates Man, you gotta have love just to set it straight Take control of your mind and meditate Let your soul gravitate to the love, y'all, y'all People killing, people dying Children hurt and you hear them crying Can you practice what you preach And what you turn the other cheek Father, 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 help us Negative images is the main criteria Infecting the young minds faster than bacteria Kids wanna act like what they see in the cinema yeah. Whatever happened to the values of humanity Whatever happened to the fairness and equality Instead of spreading love, we're spreading animosity Lack of understanding leading us away from unity That's the reason why sometimes I'm feeling under That's the reason why sometimes I'm feeling down It's no wonder why sometimes I'm feeling under Gotta keep my faith alive till love is found Now ask yourself Tune, although in the room at the moment, attention at this moment in time. No, it's all love. It's all, it's it's all, all love. love. It's really love, man. <laughs> but that, that was going to be your choice, wasn't it? it? Should be my song. I'm going to say it first, and he became his. I've got. I mean, we'll stick with the theme is where of where is love on that one. I think. So that means you've got another tune, but we'll come on to that in a minute. Let's carry the discussion on. So you've done... You, we did a, a webinar with, yes. with yourself. A, 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 it would mm. be about a year ago, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, that, approximately a year that, ago. That stuff about communication and... Absolutely. And, and, and I think one of the things that I've... Um, from that webinar that I'll, I'll quickly touch upon is 
the use of language and how important it is and more importantly for us as practitioners, professionals, whatever you want to call us, us that are sat on this side having a conversation with someone that may necessarily not understand us and when we when we ask interpreters to come and support us that we are so mindful that interpreters don't kind of not change but put their assumption on what we're trying to ask and I think that's very very important we remember that and what I found is the best way to kind of take take that away is just have a conversation with the people that are supporting you before and just kind of explain to them that this is what I'm kind of going to be asking um, and this is the general gist of it and if you've got any questions just 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 ask me um, and the reason why I say this is because recently um, myself and, and, and so a colleague we, we, we had a conversation with with a family member and there was an interpreter there that was whenever my colleague was was saying something they were putting their slant on it and I had to interrupt because it was so important that what my colleague was saying was translated exactly as how he was saying it and I think that is so important that we forget that with languages and, and how diverse Bradford is and there's so many languages here um, and we languages can cross so for example there's where I'm from in Pakistan there's, there's so many dialects there and and same with Momo our, yes. our first ever supervision what did we speak about we were speaking about the different cultures in Nigeria and how many yes, languages there are languages there are about more than 300 languages in Nigeria and culture for a country that diverse mm. we we have lots of pockets of clans that make up a community that have different languages and they are from the same local governments mm. and Momo he may not remember this but I certainly do one of the things that he said was that you might see someone so you might see a brown guy or from Pakistan or you might see a, a black man from um, uh, Nigeria and then just assume that they understand the a particular language yeah. Whereas if, if someone was to speak Punjabi to me, I, I wouldn't understand it, but I, can, I, I understand and speak Urdu perfectly fine. Um, but how many times do we see on, on our systems where it just says uh, Punjabi speaker or Urdu speaker and we've not really double-checked and we've not really kind of looked into it. Is, is that the language that they actually speak? Mm. Or do we need to get the appropriate interpreter um, that can communicate with them and support us mm. as, be, as to support the person? Yeah. And they're like little, they're, they're tiny little mm. things, but they're huge, aren't Absolutely. they? They're not, you know, in the, in, in the face of a computer screen, that's what you'd get. You'd sort of look at it and think, oh, it's, it's, but it's a huge thing to kind of not have the, the absolute detail underpinning that, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it's a thing of respect if you pay attention to these little details. Because if you don't pay attention to these little details, you might make the person uneasy and that will affect the outcome of your assessment. Mm -hmm. So respect is something, going the extra mile, finding out the person's wants, needs and wishes is very key to working with that person. Back in uni, I remember this, nearly every single lecture we got drilled into us, person-centred, build up a relationship. As Brian, person-centred yeah. is Brian. And I, it's, it's like sometimes you, you think back and, and, and it's like we, that was taught, taught to us very, very meticulously. And then you become, a, you, you start working and then 
you kind of forget all of that, that just being a bit more courteous and thinking about putting yourself in the other person's shoes yeah. and, and not just turning up to someone's house and knocking on the door and expecting to come in and have a, a really super detailed conversation about their personal hygiene and stuff like that is like we, we tend to get lost in all the deadlines and and and, it, and, all, and all of this where we just need to be slightly bit more respectful and that kind of comes back to like understanding different cultures and understanding different different communities and in some communities that's fine but I know certainly in mine that's that's absolutely unacceptable you can't just knock on someone's door walk in and then speak to my mum about certain personal stuff it, it, it doesn't it doesn't work like that but then in that moment you will be seen as someone that is pushing the boundary and you may not be able to build that relationship up properly it might take you twice as long yes in addition to what Samza said I remember myself um, and women having a conversation around this this morning we're talking about curfew in our culture. My as old as I am, I can still be curfewed and yeah. told when not to leave the house or when to come in. Mm. Yes. So imagine being a social worker not from my culture. You think mm. I'm being restricted. Yeah. That's hard for the family to understand. Mm. So you should also understand that there are roles for different people. Oh. So in, in social work. So we should be more inclusive in our decision-making and knowing the culture of the person you work with is also very key. I think it's more than knowing the culture, but then we go back to being person-centered as well. And it's about knowing yourself, your own culture, how it's going to affect your assessment or how you're going to work. Because if you have a certain belief system, you're going to go in with... uh, not accepting who they are, that's when we can say, oh, they don't have mental capacity because they're making a decision that you think they're not supposed to make and that's just... That's a bias or something. Exactly. Yeah. That's where emotional intelligence and really being able to read what's what you're saying and how it affects, how it may affect someone else, isn't it? And mm. as well as having the knowledge about different cultures and, how, and what, what different conventions that you need to sort of listen to and react to as well. And the thing about culture is nowadays it's not just culture as in that culture, that that foundation culture we grew up in, but then people have got different cultures because of the way they grew up, because of the different backgrounds. So now it's now looking at culture and background. That's a new culture mm. that has been created as well. So It's now complex. Yeah. So, sorry. yeah. so diversity now has become quite a complex thing that you have to look at. It's no longer like culture, language. It goes beyond that now. Mm. And, and I'm sure everyone's heard the term that Bradford is like a melting pot of, of different cultures. It, it really is because it's just... Bef- I remember my dad saying that back in the days you were just put in a box, you're black, and that's it. Mm. You're either black or you're white, boom, that's it. But now it's like, it's it's really is a melting pot. You've got people from such diverse backgrounds, um, people from dual heritage, people who have been born here, but then I know friends that have been born here, gone to go live in Pakistan for about 15 years and then moved back. And they, they see themselves as more Pakistani than they do British. But mm, mm. you see, I still see them as my friends. And, and it's, it's so that di- Bradford, I love it. It's so diverse. It's mm. amazing. It's a, it's a beautiful city. And mm. there's some really, really interesting points being raised here that I think um, are worth further exploration. However, <laughs> let's have a tune. <laughs> Lady Gaga, born this way. So this is Lady Gaga. And born this way. It doesn't matter if you love him or capital H I M M M M M. Just put your paws up, cause you were born this way, baby. 
My mama told me when I was young We're all on superstars She pulled my hair with my lipstick on In a glass of purple dry There's nothing wrong with loving who you are She said, cause you made you perfect, babe So hold your head up, girl, and you'll go far Don't be a drag, just be a queen. Don't be a drag, just be a queen. Don't be a drag. Give yourself prudence and love your friends. Subway can rejoice your truth. In the religion of the insecure, I must be myself, respect my youth. A different love is not a sin. Believe capital H. Whether you're broke or evergreen Your black, white, beige, show legend Your Lebanese, your Orient Whether life's disabilities Left you outcast for leader teased Rejoice and love yourself today Cause baby, you were born no this way No matter gay, straight or bi Lesbian, transgender life I'm on the right track Baby, I was born to survive No matter black, white, or beige Shola or Orient made I'm on the right track Baby, I was born to be brave Was Lady Gaga and Born This Way tune?
Should we all have a quick sing? Should we sing it together? No, let's not. <laughs> let's not. Not do in that. my voice. Jack is reaching for the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> Jack later, guitar in, in a short while. There's a guitar in the studio, that's why we're talking about there's it. There's more than one guitar in the room. There's, there's I can loads. see about six. <laughs> yeah. It's like it looks like there's like a whole band meeting going right. on. Um let's just go back to that discussion then about about Sort of, it's not just Bradford, is, is it? I mean, many cities are melting pots, many communities are melting pots. But that that bit about how do we get then at the nub of sharing information and sharing very personalised detail about culture, when in fact some of us are dead scared to ask those questions. I'm looking at Elaine. <laughs> well, you you were saying off air, weren't you? Something mm. about. Yeah, I know. I know I'm bringing you in now. You were saying something off-air about cultural competence. Yeah, and... Um, yeah, um, in the past... I, I was thinking about where we were probably 12 months ago. We were framing quite a lot of this about being culturally competent practice. Um, but it feels like there's something else in the room today. There's something beyond that, mm. Brian, is, is I guess where, where I was going with it a little bit. Um, I, I don't know... Um, Rimbertide, from your perspective, it doesn't feel like competence is the right way, word, is it? I don't think there's a word for I, it. I, I think yeah. you, you just need to approach things with the mm. right attitude and yeah. have the humility to accept that you don't know everything. I, I read a blog and I was talking to someone a couple of uh, weeks ago, actually. It was from Ermintrude, and I tried to find it, actually, in preparation for this, but I, could, I couldn't. And it was just basically, it was a bit of a critical instant for me and it felt like, uh, actually, it's okay to, to not know everything. You can, you, can go, yeah. you can go and approach a situation and once you find out a bit more information, it can inform discussions later down the line. And I think that, that sort of brought me, from someone as respected as er Ermintrude, not to, to sort of... Uh, yeah, she writes about anti-Semitism, doesn't she? Mm. She does. And how we're really comfortable with quite a lot of the discussion around race until we get to anti-Semitism and then that becomes boxed in a different space mm. as if that's a different conversation I just think we just have to be honest yeah. be honest like Hamza says if you're working with someone and you're struggling tell them the gist tell them this is what I want to achieve this is where I think I'm struggling with it's like finding out someone's pronouns you understand you have to face these questions because it's better I ask the question than respect you by making a, a mistake yeah but I, I think that's where I think that's where we were exploring it a little bit weren't we because competence it assumes that it's a skill set and that you can be trained to to develop the skill there's a competence element is kind of vocational underpinning isn't it whereas I guess what it felt like here was there was a rich a richer element to it around um uh, around openness and learning, generating different and new understanding about the world mm. and how you locate yourself within it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like for me, um, my, my view on this, it, uh, everyone can disagree with me, but my view on this certainly is that it's ever evolving and you can never be culturally competent because there will be a time where you come across a society or a group of people, who knows in 50 years' time what Britain is going to be like. And, and I think that's the most important thing that we, we always have in the back of our head that no two people are the same. And just because you've worked with someone from a Nigerian background yesterday, that they're going to be exactly the same as, and you need to apply the same skills and same, same, same way of thinking. It's, it's ever evolving and you kind of need to 
change with that and if you don't you're going to be left behind and that's when you're going to find it really difficult to start building those relationships and it's and it is genuinely okay to make mistakes and the most important thing is reflecting upon that and then making sure that you then come and, and I think we always do it in the office we come back into the office and we, we have chats like oh I've been out to see such and such and this is what went right and this is what I think I could do better next time and it kind of helps everyone in the back of their head to actually yeah it is okay and how many times have we have we done it in when, when you were doing your placement where I would come back in the office and I would speak to you and it turned out that when we were having supervision for yourself it turned out to be supervision for me yes. where I'm saying to you Momo, Momo I, I did this and this is what I kind of think and, and it's so important that we speak to one another and it, and I kind of accept that we are going to make mistakes but we need to continuously develop and, and get better better with ourselves really the, it's uh, it, the that kind of discussion, that debate within so, between social workers, I think it, it, it's like a, a really important part of the ethical identity of the profession, really. And I, I really worry about people who think, you know, post-pandemic, people who think they can do social work sat on their own in a house, behind a, a desk, logging on to Zoom calls. No, you've got to be around other social workers because your moral compass, you're testing out of your moral compass. That's a really important part of you of y your identity, your understanding, and you're keeping yourself and the people whose lives you touch safe Absolutely. within your practice. So, and that that that's the point you, I guess, you were touching on really when you were equating um, race equality with other forms of oppression and other types of, of identity for me, that actually all of them are different ways of, of being respectful in practice and keeping yourself ethically grounded within it as a practitioner. And I think I think you have to be challenged. Like you can't be challenged sitting at home by yourself. I want to come into the office and I want kind of Jack to say, "Look, Hamza, you you've said this and kind of put it back to me, just so I know that yeah. what I'm thinking is right." Do you know? Yeah. Do you, do so you know hearing I mean? somebody else reflect back to you what you yeah. think you said. Yeah. Like, oh hell, that's not what I meant. <laughs> exactly. You, you you need to be challenged, and you can't be sat at a desk and and just completely isolate yourself and then just think, "Oh yeah, I'm going to go out, sit in my car, visit someone, come back, type yeah. up an assessment, send it to panel." and boom that's done people do not work like that no. society doesn't work like that and how are we meant to celebrate everyone when you're going to seclude yourself and, and totally shut yourself away from everyone you can't yeah, well that's the danger isn't it mm. the danger is that we we sometimes as as a profession we elect experts and they and we and we almost almost bow to their superior knowledge and I say that knowing that to some degree it's what happens in a university in an higher yeah. education setting and yet you know like we've had discussions in here about people that have that have, that, that certainly I've supported and there's some some nonsense about well I've passed something on I haven't what it's been is a trade of information I may have said something but Rumba, you've equally said stuff where I've sat back and thought, oh my word, well, I didn't know that. And that shared understanding of how we move forward and develop seems to sometimes go a little bit missing. I think it's why it's the difference between cultural competence and a discussion like this, which is, it feels kind of really safe to say, to make the mistake, because the issue that we've got, I think, in terms of out there is this, is the idea of a cancel culture, that if you make the mistake, people are going to jump all over you, over you, and yet you can't, what you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. I feel like we're having a conversation about types of knowledge here, so um, 
We're talking about peer-to-peer and the one that we should, I think, at the centre is, we've talked about person-centred, but then the knowledge about culture and diversity is from the person themselves. So it's you guys discussing as peers coming in uh, in supervision, but then sometimes it's the person that can actually tell you, no, this is the way that I like this and that, instead of, okay, what do you think we should do? from your previous knowledge or from what you think from your own culture it's the same person but it's what the person is because if you ask me about being a Zimbabwean I'll tell you something different from someone else because they would experience something different so the person is the main source of information and you'd rather call and ask them the question before going to Hamza Mm. as your PE and say Mm. so how do you think this should happen the person is the first person because I will be saying go to the person (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. Yeah. and to not make assumptions is like a really cornerstone of of social work isn't it just really judge each situation by its own merits yeah Yeah. and it is quite challenging like uh, one young person I was working with uh, Pakistani background Muslim family the young person wanted to eat mcdonald's which isn't halal and um the family found it very difficult and i kind of had to take a step back because i was thinking i'm a muslim and the young person doesn't want wants to eat mcdonald's that isn't halal and the person young person's behavior would constantly escalate and they'd result in arguments and 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 it, it wasn't looking good but at the end of the day the young person was very clear in what they wanted and and to them what my values and my beliefs and 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 anything to do with me doesn't doesn't really matter to them. So why should I kind of impose my beliefs, my values upon someone else that they just want to be happy? And if a Mac, them eating a McDonald's makes them happy, then who am I to say you can't eat that? And it's these little things which I think us as practitioners we we have to be really mindful of that there will be times when we get challenged as well. Good chat. I'm loving this. Should we have a tune? Do you? Should we have your, Elaine, tell us about your tune? So, um, well, I just think there's only one song that can possibly follow on from that. I was really, really privileged when I was 18. My uncle Randy and my auntie Jean lived out in the Caribbean and they lived on the Commonwealth of Dominica. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a Jamaican artist, um, yeah. Bernie Spear, and he recorded Identity and I can't think what else could possibly follow that conversation. <laughs> so this is Identity by Burning Spear. Yes. Identity. Your work must be done. 
work in the west, we work in the north, we work in the south, we work over there, we work over here, we work everywhere. Burning Spear and Identity Tune. <laughs> They've all been tuned so far. I mean, I don't know why I bother, because I'm just going to say tune after everything. I know that's going to happen. Um, we were chatting while the song was playing about the role of the newly qualified social worker within an office where identity becomes actually really important. And and the, the possibility of losing one's own identity to a professional identity. So is it is it worth a bit of a chat about where do we find ourselves now in terms of newly qualified social work or newly qualified social work experience? And what does that look like in terms of us and you being who you are? It's like I have been given so much power and I don't want it, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> So it's it's really it's not scary, but then it makes you very cautious in everything that you do because um, it's someone's life that you are you are trying to support someone, and just one wrong decision will just change their life mm-hmm. for the better or for the worse, and you don't want to go for the worse, you know. So it, it's so much power. So I'm always. You know, especially when you talk to people and they know the power that you have and they're expecting you to make changes and sometimes they are very much aware that you can make it worse for them. So you kind of have to go back all the time to make sure you're taking the right steps. Uh, You ask for advice and just make sure you don't make the wrong choice or make someone's life difficult. So it's 
Yeah. That sounds like a safe pair of hands to me, someone that <laughs> yeah. sort of really thinks about these things rather than makes yeah. sweeping judgments about a situation. Good hire, Jack. Yeah. Good. Good hire. <laughs> <laughs> For me, basically, I feel it's imposter syndrome at the beginning. Mm. Am I really here? Uh, have I really finished as a student? Am I a newly qualified social worker now? Do I have this power I've been wanting for the past two years? Am I here now? Now what do I do with it? You keep asking yourself this question, am I acting right? Did I attend to that person, individual right? Did I use the right language? Did I fill in my recommendations right? Could I have done it differently? Could I have held the case a little longer? Should I close it? Am I holding it too long? Am I? Am I? Am I? You keep asking these questions. The questions keep coming. With every answered question, you get a new question. You find yourself sending your manager an email, having a quick supervision. She might be in a meeting and you find yourself signaling her, trying to get her an I This was what I've done. You want an approval. There's this approval mentality, doubts, self-doubts in you. That's my reality for now. I think that's. I think after long and supervision, mine last two hours, two and a half hours, because I have to explain everything I've done so that I get approval. I did the right thing. And then I ask, okay, so my next step is this. So it's okay. So every time I do have to plan, I've done the plan, but I need you to approve. You know, yes. Have I done the right thing? Yes. But, but. You see, Rumi, I, I was a newly qualified social worker four years and two days ago. That's when I started. And. Uh, when I when I started, I was ex- feeling exactly the same way as you guys were. But what you find is, as you're working, you then slowly find yourself seeing other students come in, and now they're the ones coming to you, and you're not spending two and a half hours in supervision. <laughs> you're actually the one giving supervision. So it's 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 interesting, but. It will, because going back to like identity and things like that, you, you, it's like we put ourselves in box. You start off being a student and the same people from university, you see them around the office and you kind of stick with them and then then you become a newly qualified and then you stick with the, all the newly qualifieds and then once you've been there long enough, you then become a manager like Jack and everyone else and then you have your own little clique there and, and it's, it's, it's all to do with identity and I think it comes back down to us as humans, we, we kind of feel safe being with people in similar situations and that's what I see like, all the practice educators, we kind of like sit down and talk stuff through and am I doing the right thing and et cetera. And believe me, the students are doing the same thing and we all know the managers are doing the same thing. It's just, we feel safe being around people who are slightly similar, but that doesn't mean that we don't celebrate the differences. It, 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 we, we acknowledge and, and, and we, we get it like, oh, and, and our supervisions at the beginning, they were, it felt like forever. <laughs> but like, do you know what I mean? But that's, me. part, part, that's I mean, part that's just it. Momo though. No, but that, that's just it. That's just it. And then our yeah. last one, how, yeah. like, we just went through, you, we, you're ready. You, like, this is what needs to be done. This is how I feel and blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. And Hamza, what do I do here? Da, da, da. And that was it. You, and it's that ever-changing and, mm. yeah. But also from a supervisor perspective, I, I, I've always wanted to know what the stories were of mm. the families that want to stay as connected as possible to to people that are working directly with families and 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 want support, we want to hear the stories from Mr. Smith that can yeah. can can sing in your front living room and sort of tell you exactly what they want in the form of song. You know, that's that's really important, and and I would grab any opportunity I can to to stay as connected as possible. Elaine, don't you think whenever there's a like a bunch of new starters that come, it's like a, it's like a little breath of fresh air in the office because I'm always in the office. They can't send me home. I'm always there. Yeah. Um, it, well, it goes back to every single serious case review that you've, you ever read. They say the same thing, which is around insufficient inter, 
into partnership interagency challenge too much reliance on too much groupthink mm-hmm. and those closed cultures they become really defensive they protect we must all think the same we must all say the same we must protect and defend the same yeah that big mass thing in the middle of that a person with any form of difference no you must be crushed and subsumed in those are really risky unsafe environments and we've had two years of the ultimate experience of closed cultures and yeah, um, legally imposed lockdowns and and closures. So um, it becomes for me it, part of the what we do and how we do things in 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 our particular bit of the world, our tiny little corner of the world is that students choosing, actively choosing, that we take as many students as we have the privilege and opportunity to host. We encourage as many of our uh, new, um, newly qualified social workers as they complete ASY to become work-based supervisors, about the next group of students coming through. We encourage those um, work-based supervisors to go on to become practice educators because if somebody hadn't taken the time to practice educate any of us, we wouldn't have been qualified. You should absolutely want to give that back to the profession. Oh. And I don't know why anybody wouldn't want to. It's such an amazing thing and experience to... But m- crucially, we keep ourselves open that um, that the new ideas that people bring, we create the opportunities in the space. And I think that's where reconnecting with the social action part, where something like Black History Month is an opportunity to really test, stress test your real commitment to social values. How, how do you create the leadership opportunities for new people coming through to, to feel safe and comfortable, to bring forward different ideas about what what social work could be and how it can contribute during these opportunities and Southeast Asian Heritage Month you know that was led by our ASYE cohort this year these are just different opportunities that we grab with both hands Uh, absolutely but that's the challenge isn't it the challenge for social work is to ensure that you don't lose your identity at the expense of a professional status. That bit about the profession absolutely bending itself round, around you as workers and valuing the very thing that you bring, which is self. Isn't, it, isn't, that, the, isn't that one of the major challenges for social work? It's, it, it is a challenge, but then, to be honest, I think she was talking about, Elena was talking about closed cultures, and right now it's they've made it open to us and like they gave us an opportunity to be creative and you don't have a set of rules uh, when you're going out to you know with your cases but then you're actually creative okay I'm going to see this person you know a bit of the person but then you want to be creative to get to know them and then get to do you're doing your job but then you're being creative and from there you're actually testing out your own knowledge and your own skills, but you're also getting to know yourself as well in the process. I mean, that's my personal experience. I've, I'm having a good opportunity to be creative, and it's really been. I've had positive feedback actually from people. So fantastic. It's good. Okay, so let's push you on your creativity. <laughs> there, uh, give us a tune. What tune have we got? Oh, um, so Michael Jackson, Black or White. Um, I love it, and it's perfect for this because. Um, if you look at the the music video, he's uh, it, it's all races, you know, from everywhere, and that's what he's trying to demonstrate. It doesn't matter who you are. I mean, we're all people. We're done with color. It's just everyone is just the same. Okay, this is Michael Jackson and Black and White. <laughs>
spend my life being a color. on to a point you were discussing off air didn't it about non-racist and anti-racist social work I guess it's something that I have touched on when I've been a practice educator and trying to sort of incorporate different sort of uh, themes and I read a book called uh, The Anti-Racist Social Worker that came out recently actually it's got one of an entry by someone at University of Bradford it does. hasn't it yeah um, it's a really good book and it's really short chapters but there was a sort of chapter about someone's experience and being really um, crucial to that is you know how do you how do you perf- how do you perform how do you react to situations are you non-racist or anti-racist and two completely different concepts and yeah. and one is a bit more sort of sitting back and letting things happen other one is proactively actually when you see something that isn't quite right and it's sort of overtly racist. What do you do about that? How do you address it? And and I, I guess inbuilt in a social worker's identity is to to challenge oppression, racism whenever they see it. It's written into the mm. um, the social work England sort of um, framework. So so it's sort of something that's really important to sort of instill in students at a really early stage to say, well, actually, from your experience, have you experienced? A situation that you you've seen to be racist as you see it, and what have you done about that? It opens up all sorts of avenues and and sort of things that people, um, for want of a better word, sort of shy away from sometimes because yeah. they don't want the, to to get it wrong, to want to be sort of get the wrong end of the stick in a certain situation. But it's important to confront those things, and as I see it, yeah, it takes you into ideas about yeah, allyship, doesn't it? Really, because they and and when we mm. touch on respect, and and you. It broaden that out into kind of allyship. The, all the research in, in disability studies, which is going back to your idea about kind of intersectionality, people with disabilities arguing that they didn't want people just to to talk about being supportive and being supporters. They want action. What are you actively going to do to make the world better? And I, I think Black History Month is a really interesting space for, for exploring that. But if Black History Month isn't every month, you're not going to... You know, I'm not anti-racist in October, but <laughs> November, let me pick a different theme. It's yeah. not like it's an option of, of a choice of different pops, is it? No, it's not. Because at the end of the day, I was talking with a mate about 
Black History Month, inviting the mates over for our get-together on the 21st. And it's like, oh, we are back to this yearly jamboree. And I was like, a yearly jamboree? That's how he sees it. We come in months, we celebrate like Christmas, and it's gone. It's supposed to be a practice. Anti-racism is supposed to be every day. You don't decide when to take the knee and when not to take the knee. You should take the knee if you are taking the knee. You should stand if you're standing. Choose a struggle. Choose a part of the divide which where you belong. Yeah, and don't allow my... Um, don't get into that one that you're balancing out. Yes. There's no need to balance out. That You yes. take a stand on everything and take a stand on everything on its own merits. Yes. Don't kind of oppress one down in order to kind of push another up. Yes. No need to do that. At the end of the day, it's not a skill. You're not trying yeah. to balance it out. Choose your side and stay there. Yeah. I see it more as just a reminder. It's it's not just one day or one month. It's it's a reminder to us and 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 just say, yeah, we need to we need to remember this. And interestingly enough, like we see it all the time where situations, well, not situation times like this where it's Black History Month or when we're celebrating a particular uh, moment or an occasion, it turns into us and them. Yeah. And it's not about that. It's, we're not. We're not here to compare struggles. We're not here yeah. to compare and say, "Look, oh, black people have been through this, and Asian people have been through this, and women have been through this." And just because you ours is worse and yours isn't, it's it's like it, it gets a bit ridiculous. Where you have people on all sides, where they get so engrossed into their own problems that they can't see anything else. And I think it's that's why. And I really like how we're celebrating. Black History yeah. Month. It's not. It's not just Black History Month. We're actually celebrating something. I think that's so important. Where we use particular words. Where, like, I've I've had friends where, white young man, and I get the struggles you go through. You, I'm not saying you do not go through struggles. The struggles that you go through, a lot of uh, me as an Asian man, I might not go through that. I think statistically, um, uh, white men in between the age of, is it eighteen and thirty five, the the highest rate of suicide. They're going through something. It doesn't mean Black History Month is just take, washing all that away and saying, "Ah, oh, you guys are completely fine and and you don't go through anything." It's it's just a reminder to us that everyone is going through something. But more importantly, what do we do together to make sure that everyone's okay and we can become a better society? <coughs> I think building from that, or oh, I think you what you said reminds me of um, Nelson Mandela. He talked about Ubuntu. I think that's what that was our theme for last year. Social work and Ubuntu. It's about all of us, it's mm. not just about black people, but it's about celebrating diversity. And he's a black man in history who made history. Yeah. I am because you are. Yes. What a beautiful point. I, I, you know, genuinely don't want this discussion to stop at all. I mean, we could literally go on and on and on for the whole year. And and I guess that's the point, isn't it? It's not a month, it's not a day. It's a, it's a, a discussion to to carry on throughout the year. However, um, we need a tune, don't we? Um, yeah, so, so I chose Radiohead, No Surprises, not for any other reason that it's a nice song to reflect on. This is Radiohead and No Surprises. Yeah. 
Where do we feel we are at through this conversation? I think the I think the last um, comment that Hamza made was about sort of not being complacent. You know, Black History Month is about a reminder, as you said, and that sort of leads into a conversation about actually we we can never be complacent about this. It needs to be something that is a constant communication. We've I, I think in the last couple of years there's never been so much opportunities to to sort of change structures to make it a bit more uh, accepting and um and inclusive as a as a an organization and sort of training that that is being put on is sort of second to none really that that we've seen but that that's just that starts conversations in order to change things anyone else just be nice that's it isn't it? it doesn't <laughs> take much just be nice to everyone that's it honestly be, be excellent to one yes. another yeah, yeah. to, to quote and Bill and Ted, Ted. Yeah. <laughs> be the voice that you want to hear be the tomorrow you want to see oh my word yeah right stop <laughs> you me crying again I, say that one can more we time. do one of these where I don't cry <laughs> I think inclusion is should be part of our watchword when we are making a decision whoever we are supporting we should make sure that we put their needs their desires their wishes in front of us, person-centeredness is my final shot. Be person-centered. I'm going to diss someone, if that's okay. Absolutely. I mean, we've talked about being nice, but... <laughs> not to had, this guy. Not to this guy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted a tune. Yeah. He should have been here, shouldn't yeah. he? You can't just submit a tune and go, <laughs> uh, will you play this? Proper dictator. And Ooh, then not is. be yeah. here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, this is a podcast, not a radio call-in. Yeah. <laughs> not, not dictatorship. Yeah. You can't, you can't rule from afar, I don't think. From afar as well. <laughs> so... I think the tune that Rob Mitchell wanted was Vasis Diop, but we're not playing it. No. I think we're all in agreement, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. If you, absolutely. If you're going to 
if you're going to be one, if you're going to play a tune, you've got to be in the room. Oh, nice. Oh, I like that. Like a little bit of poetry. Um, can I say this has been an utter privilege sat here listening and also uh, contributing. It's been beautiful, and it kind of does go to show. If we open up avenues for conversations, this is what happens. We get to find out and learn a lot about one another mm. without it feeling like it's a, a major lecture or some sort of higher academic yeah. pursuit or, dare I say, some sort of professional discussion. Mm. So I want to thank you all for your contributions. It's been beautiful. So, uh, my tune. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so I'm going to finish the podcast with... Public enemy and harder than you think, because it is indeed harder than you think. See you all next time. Bye. Yo, Chuck, what's the move, man? I was on my way up here to the studio, you know what I'm saying? And this brother stopped me and asked me, yo, what's up with that brother, Chucky D? He sway nice. I said, yo, the brother don't sway nice. He knows he's nice, you know what I'm saying? So, Chuck, I got a feeling you're turning into a public enemy, man. Now, remember that line you was kicking to me on the way out to L.A. Louds and Queens while we was in the car on our way to the shop? Well, yo, right now, kick the bass for them brothers and let them know what goes on. Game not bragging, look bigger than Jagger, not sagging. Sprawling backwards, I'ma leave it at that. That ain't got nothing to do with rap. Check the facts, expose those cats. Who poses heroes, take advantage of blacks. Your government's gangsters so cut the crap. A war going on, so where y'all at? Fight for power, cause great responsibility. After police, who's stopping you from killing me? Disasters, fiascos, a loop by PE. If it's I instead of we believe in TV. Never scared. Bring the noise, it's the moment they feared. Get up.
Mitchell, we are playing African Dream. What's his deal? Don't let them know I did it, Rob. For you, one for the team.